Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100 Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me today, first time to the podcast, can you please welcome into your hearts, into your ears, it's Becky Lucas, everyone. Yay. Hey, guys. Hello, Josh. Hi, Becky. It's good to be here. Thanks for doing this. Now, we're doing Volume 29, Side yeah. B, the second half of it. Okay. This came out in 1999. How old were you in 99? I I guess, oh God, isn't that so bad? I guess 10 because I was born okay. in 1989. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that is how it works. Well, that's right. So you'd be aware of some of these songs then because 10's oh, probably yeah. when you were like kind of, you know, getting your own kind of uh, taste in music. Absolutely. Yeah. I would even say like it kind of all coincided <laughs> with, um, you know, I mean, this, maybe this sounds so crazy and I think I probably mean it more 11, 12, but 10 is definitely like you're starting to sniff out the concept of sex or like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like there's like boys that you like and, and so, and it's all linked. Like you start kind of having opinions about how your hair looks and stuff. Like it's, it's on the horizon. We're going because. through this with me at the moment. So my kids are 12 and nine and I don't know what you were like yeah. as a family growing up, but me and my wife were quite open, like, if we're in the shower, the kids can come in and brush their teeth and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. We don't really care. I'm a naked family too. Yeah. Time. My family wasn't growing up. My wife's okay. family were. But okay. now my kids are at the age where I'm like, it just feels weird when they're in the room. Like, I can just tell that they look a little bit extra. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. What, you think that they're looking at you like, um, what, getting horny? <laughs> <laughs> No, as in like you mean they're just curious about. I think they're more examining, going, okay, that's what that's what genitals look like. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Before it was just bodies. It's just a body part. It's funny, and then totally get to a point where it's like, oh, that's yeah, okay. I'm going to look at that a bit longer. Oh God, it's such a strange time. Yeah, yeah. I remember when my youngest was at daycare, and I picked him up, and the uh, so he was in like a little daycare with only five other kids, and he was very upset. And he was like three at the time and yeah. he had told them all, including the educator, that I had two penises and he wanted me to, sh- <laughs> he wanted me to show them. And I was like, I don't have two penises. I don't know what you mean, mate. And then I realised when we were in the car that he meant my testicles. He thought, oh. he thought they were two penises. So there you go. You're like, that's even worse. He, he's telling everyone my balls are as long as my dick. <laughs> <laughs> little snitch. <laughs> uh, hey, so this show is about music, not about balls. Um, you, you're the oldest in your family. So where did you get your music taste from? Well, my mum was a country music singer. Oh, okay. Enough. Um, but, yeah, she was really into music and, uh, you know, my dad, dad played a lot of music, but I, I was, you know, I was a music person and, like, aware of it all. And, um, yeah, I was always, like, always pretty into it. I always had, like, a favourite. Like, when I was younger, I was really obsessed with Elvis and Michael Jackson, like, Michael Jackson was, yeah, I think you kind of know. So you, you must have been, you must have been so happy when Priscilla and Michael Jackson got married. I know, I did. I thought it was really, it was like it was just made for me. <laughs> I thought the union was to make me happy. Um, but I do remember, as I say, that kind of feeling of independence and like liking suddenly this new music, like Blue Cantrell yep. and um, Salt and Pepper and like, 
I mean, even it, it's in there, Venga Boys. Venga Boys was huge for me. I think I, I'm not sure if that's on the, that's definitely on the list we're doing. That was that... the first half. So we're not doing Venga Boys. We're oh, doing the oh, second we're not, half. Yeah. Not doing okay. We're doing yeah. the second half. But okay. So I saw it on there and I was like, that was really like that to me was just, you know, the young, like the boys in year six were having birthday parties and they started inviting the girls. Yeah. And, it was like often a movie. It was like, you know, some snacks and stuff at their place and then a movie and the Venga boys would be pumping and everyone's like hyped up on soft drink and just <laughs> running around and you're like kind of horny, but you don't really know what that means. And like, yeah, that, that, that was this, the, that, yes. Anyway. All right. Well, let's kick it off. Let's kick this off with a very big song, but not because it sold lots of records, just because as soon as I play it, everyone's going to go, oh, I remember this. This is... Paula Cole, her first time on the podcast, and her song, I Don't Want to Wait. Here we go. So open up your morning light and say a little prayer for I. You know that if we are to stay alive and see the peace in every eye. Here we go, this is what you know. Oh man, I love those. They're all <laughs> songs from that era. Always alluded to something really fucked up, like yeah. So this was like, written about her, her grandfather. Babies. Yeah, her grandfather. She he was dying, and she was with him, oh. and just going, "Oh, this is really sad. Like he's got, like he's wasted his life." I'm going to write a song about it, and so it starts off with his mother saying, it's "Having so two babies." Yeah, it's yeah. It was it was like that other song that. What would you do if your son was at home crying all alone on the bed? Like we're all just like. Yeah, this is such a cool song. It's like, this is quite um, sad, actually. So this was the theme to Dawson's Creek. Unless you watch it on streaming services, then they've got Jan Ardern's uh, Run Like Mad because they some, some issue with Sony, they can't afford the rights to this song anymore. Oh, uh, oh was, really? Yeah, it was originally released on her album yeah. This Fire in 96. Uh, then in 98 was used on Dawson's Creek. Not the first choice for theme. Uh, Kevin Williamson, the show's creator, he wanted Alanis Morissette's hand in pocket. Really? Hand, hand in my pocket, I should say, but they couldn't afford that. That was too expensive, so they used this instead. This is such a better song. I mean, I guess you just like what you know, but I yeah. mean, it's such a perfect song. I've been, I have digital TV and often Dawson's Creek is playing Yep. on it, Are on you, Samsung TV. Were you a fan of Dawson's Creek? Big time. Loved yeah. it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But then I'm, I'm, re- I'm sort of re-watching episodes now. It's like such a ridiculous show. It's just... It's always Dawson's mum coming in with her tits pushed up. 
<laughs> asking him to go and see, like just asking him to check in on a girl. Yeah. I remember, see, I think, I don't know if it got played here in 98. I, I remember watching it when I was at uni, which was 99 when this like album came out. I was first year uni. Yeah. And it was the show that we were kind of watching, but only because it was like the popular show. Like everyone else was like, it's not that good, is it? And But Freaks and Geeks was on at the same time. And we really liked that. My house. We're all we're all more freaks and geeks, which yes. is the the, well, the like, cooler thing to say. But Dawson's Creek, we we watched every episode. I'm not going to say no. We we like yeah yeah. But anyway, it's uh, funny when you don't have, you don't quite have taste when you're younger. Like you sort of know something's better, but you kind of take it all. Yeah. I, also, all my friends were older when I was at uni, so I was always trying to impress them with my sophisticated yeah. tape taste and like, then you could go home and just relax yeah but I kind of wish that I because I missed out we'll talk about one of them later but I, I kind of wish I was into it yeah and just because I liked it but I my friends weren't so I was like all right I'll pretend I'm not even though this is kind yeah. of dumb and fun yeah um, have you seen the film you probably haven't seen the film to this song before it's the film clip? to this song not 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 the one that uses Dawson's Creek they actually made a film clip to it okay and it's like it's the concept is a woman who's immortal and has lovers all across different time periods and they all die. Okay. And it's not in chronological order though of like going, it just cuts in and out. And so the two directors, Mark Seliger and Fred Woodward, Woodward they mm. were like, all right, we're not putting our name on this. And so it is under the name of Alan Smithy, one of those. Whoa. Yeah. And it's bad? It's It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like it's all out of order. It's just so <laughs> weird. I don't know why. Um this song got to 11 in the States, got to 27 here and 43 in the UK. Got to 11 in the States. That's the highest it got to, but it was the 10th highest selling single of the year. It's a great song. It's a good my, song, yeah. My boyfriend was pumping it a few years ago, just like socially. Like it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, and I think she's got a really good voice. There's a she few does. bits in it where she, it sounds like she's about to break and she doesn't. Yeah. And it's, it's great. All right, moving on. All right, first time on the pod for these guys. It's the Lachey Brothers plus Jeff Timmons and Justin Jeffrey. This is their band, 98 Degrees, and their song, The Hardest Thing. song listener is all about having an affair and then breaking up with the mistress because you've you want to be a, a good guy Yuck. yeah 
such a worst. good guy thing to do. <laughs> oh, I just do it. You have to write a song about it. And and make it all nice and say, I love this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Yeah. But this is actually but, really hard on me. So. Yeah. This I've got a wife at home asleep in bed and you don't know how hard it is for me to yeah. be out here having sex with you. <laughs> um. uh, my favorite bit of the song is when it's off key immediately. <laughs> the first note. <laughs> so this is a weird thing about 98 Degrees. So all the other, like, boy bands were kind of put together by the labels. These weren't. Yeah. They, these guys formed independently. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's the brothers. So this is it. So, it's like maybe the labels knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff Timmons, uh, he was – they're all from Ohio, but they kind of met or formed friendships in L.A. So mm-hmm. the one of the members, Jeff Timmons, was uh, – he was at – university kent state university he wanted to be a professional footballer uh realized he wasn't going to be a professional footballer but he was at a college party where he sang and received a positive reaction from female audiences about his voice so he dropped out of college and went to la oh my god that's all it took that's all it that took. sounds like how a lot of guys do stand up now yeah <laughs> um so nick lachey is the standout member of the group in terms of most famous. In the yes. film clip, he plays the protagonist. At this stage, he was dating Jessica Simpson. Uh-huh. They broke up for five months in 2001 and got back together. Do you want to have a guess why they got back together? This is according to Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Um, in 2001. Uh, was, were they filming their TV show at this point? No, not yet. No. They got back together. Did it something to do with this song? Not this song. In... in September of 2001, something major happened. Oh, 9-11. Yeah. They got back together because of it. Because of 9-11, they went, oh. hey, life life is fleeting. Let's get back oh together. My God. Then it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Invading Iraq was worth it, everything. Destabilising the East. <laughs> so I, I'm very uh, pleased that you brought up Michael Jackson and uh, Elvis Presley because you know how they had their, t- like, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey had their TV show Newlyweds. Well, yes. originally that was pitched to Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, God. In 1994, really? yeah. And that they were a long time before the, that the Jessica, that Newlyweds went on air. Yeah, it was like nine years because they, they yeah. went on air in like 2002 or three or something like that. But um, Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley were going to do it and then they pulled out even though pre-production had already been underway and oh. they had everything in, in place and they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do it. So, yeah. Jesus. Um, he, he didn't need extra cameras around that place. No, did not. Uh, <laughs> but then, um, yeah, so this newlyweds, Jessica Simpson wasn't um, that famous when they started doing newlyweds. Really? Yeah. She, it was only because of newlyweds that she, her career took off because the first episode there was the famous scene going, hey, uh, is tuna fish or chicken? Yeah. Because it's the chicken of the sea on the says on the tin. And, totally. Yeah, and That's the like, thing because, yeah, she wasn't like she didn't have any big hits. She had maybe one or two okay songs. But, yeah, yeah. She, she wasn't like culturally being spoken about. That's true. Yeah. So in America he was the bigger, bigger star and then wow. when the show came out everyone was like, no, no, she's really funny and I like her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was also, which we've talked about before, he was the uh, first ever guest on David Tench Tonight, the uh, attempted and failed uh, TV show in Australia where they had – computer animated uh host oh what's he doing now nick Lachey? i think he still works in tv over there i think he's just one of these kind of guys like a ryan seacrest kind of 
gun for hire. Do you know how America has like a hundred channels and they just have people hosting shows all the time? I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. He just like did not translate at all in Australia. No. We just, he's too American. Like there's some people whose heads are just too different from ours. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Okay. She's back. We, we talked about it with Dicko and Eamon. Uh, I don't know if anyone listening has watched R&B Divas Atlanta, but she's one of the stars of it. This is Monifa and her song, Bad Girl. Uh, all the bad girls everywhere. Yeah. I want y'all to rock it. Get up on that floor. Shake that ass. Show them how bad you are. What do you think? It's weird. Like I, I actually don't know of Manifa. I used to love, like, I really loved, like, Mary J. Blige and, you know, Missy Elliott and a lot of R&B. I don't remember her. Well, she was bigger in this country than anywhere else. So this got to 17 uh, here. And her other song that we talked about, uh, Touch It, also got to 17. The only place in the world it charted was here in New Zealand. New Zealand, this song got to 44. And... She's kind of still kind of like doing the R&B diva tour. And so she's kind of out there, but no yeah, one knows Yeah, I do think Australia, Australia and New Zealand has always embraced kind of B-level R&B. Yeah. You know, like Ja, ja Rule and Ashanti can still tour here and sell really well. And like, you know, like we've kind, we kind of love that. We just like loved that culture. We're like this is the coolest thing we've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> and beholden to what the labels would show us and so they'd have this kind of stuff on these albums. Go, oh, yeah, cool, this is the kind of music I like without knowing yeah. what the actual good good stuff was. Were yeah. you a bad girl? Babe? I don't think you would be a bad girl. I think you were a very polite young woman. Um, well, like I sort of always, you know, like we all have different personalities. <laughs> I was a bit naughty. Like I got caught smoking in year six and stuff and – um. I could be a little bit naughty and stuff, but I also had a deep de- desire to like please people as well. So yeah. it, it stopped me from ever being too bad. I was did always you, pumping the brakes. But did I, you I get did... caught in the act smoking, or just they found cigarettes in your bag or something? I was uh, I was dobbed on. Oh, yeah, I know. But yeah, I was always sort of adjacent to like the really bad kids and stuff. But um, always sort of had a, a moral compass that was a little more. I. Two of my friends got caught with cigarettes in their bag and each of them told them, told their parents it was the other one's cigarettes. And I got, like, my parents got caught up and they were told, check Josh's bag. I didn't smoke. They kept me out of it. Yeah. I I must have been too goody two shoes kind of for them to let me know they were smoking. I remember, like, having to call my my dad and tell him and, like, oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, bad, I don't know if I was too bad. My, I, had a, I had a nice soul. I had a nice spirit. <laughs> my cousin got caught smoking and loved it, like yeah. as in like loved smoking. 
And his dad did the whole thing going, all right, I'm going to make you smoke the whole packet and see if you love it. And he sat there and just big smile on his face going, this is the greatest day ever. And he got through like 15. He's ever, all right, stop. You got to stop this. Yeah. And when we were like 11 or 12, when everyone asked him, what do you want to do? He said, I want to work in a cigarette or cigar factory. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Still smokes to this day. Does he? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than a cig. <laughs> gotta, uh, I gotta say, but uh, yeah, that's that was that was probably the baddest thing at that point. I got in trouble for when when this song was out. Um, I don't really remember that song. No, I had never heard it before. It's today. pretty crap. Like it's a pretty bad song. It's yeah, it's very skippable. You could lay that down in like an afternoon very easily. All right. Well, least with hundred percent hits, they're actually compiling it so it actually flows well because this is another in the same genre this is 702 and their song where my girls at here we go that one don't remember that one don't remember that one. i kind of do they had some other songs 702 that i remember oh okay yeah Um, we haven't got to them yet this is the first time on the podcast uh it is the same name as radio national in sydney 702 uh but it's the area code for vegas which is their hometown which is why they're called 702 it's such a like it reminds me of every like vivica a fox yeah you know she'd be like getting out of her her car and her boyfriend's been playing up on her or something. Like, remember all those movies? Like, what's the name for them? They were like, I don't know, but I love them all. I wanted to be like black so badly. I wanted to be a, a black woman in her 30s so badly when I was 10. So not black exploitation <laughs> films, but like. No, no, it's not black. The generation <laughs> afterwards, yeah. Yeah, it's more. No, it was. Yeah, it was like empowerment. Like it's all. It was always like black women going out for drinks and like being like dump him and yeah. it was like they're always wearing cool dresses and stuff. And I used to. And it was before Sex in the City and stuff. I used to love it. I used to get all, get all, I forget the name of them, but I was, yeah, I was always, I was into it. So <laughs> this band, a uh, bunch of sisters in the band. So started off originally twins, the Grinstead twins, Irish and Irish. Okay. That's their names. Irish right. and Irish. Cool. I-R-I-S-H-O-R-I-S-H. Uh-huh. Nice. Irish was booted from the group because their manager was like, your voice isn't strong enough. And she was replaced with her older sister, Lamisha. Okay. How do you think that would have went down, Becky? You've got How younger do you sisters. That went down? Yeah. 
say your two sisters are in a band together. Yeah. Okay. And then the manager's like to one of your sisters, you're not good enough. Becky, you're in the band. Yeah. I mean, I would have been pissed. Yeah. But I also feel like that's just how it was back in the day. It's like you're out, you're in Joe Jackson style parenting. Yeah. Well, Lamisha left the band at one stage to have a child. Yeah. And so while she was on maternity leave, Irish joined the band again to fulfill the touring duties. Whoa. Like an understudy. That's crazy. See, that's the thing. It's like you just had to do it. It's like, well, this is our only opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's Uh, no room for ego. So they started singing together in the hotel lobby of Caesar's Palace, the three Mm -hmm. sisters, and Sinbad, the comedian, saw them and convinced their parents to let him enter them into a music competition in Atlanta. And he foot the bill. He said, all right, I'm going to fly these girls to Atlanta. And at the comp, they met a bunch of industry people and uh, they started like, all right, so these three, okay, two of them are good. Okay, we're not going to use – and so they were kind of like trying to slot in other girls into the group. In 96, they released their first album called yeah. No Doubt, which in 96 would have confused a lot uh-huh. of a lot of people wanting the No Doubt album. They yeah. would have thought it was Gwen Stefani. Yes. And then this song in 99, produced by Missy Elliott. So she wrote it and oh. produced it. So they got pretty high up in the – yeah, well, this got to number four on the charts in the US and sold half a million copies. Okay. And originally, though, this song was given, uh, was offered to TLC. Whoa. And they said, we don't want it. We're good. We've got no scrubs. I mean, it's not a very good song. It's all right. It's okay. But, it's, yeah, I understand why TLC was like, oh, we've got no scrubs yeah. coming. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, moving on. We spoke about Joe on a previous podcast. This is teaming up with a guy called A Plus, whose real name is Andre Levens. Huh. So close to Andrew Levens. This is this is Bet She Don't Love You by A Plus. She's in love. And I bet you What do you think? I have never heard it before, but I think it's a jam. Well, here's another thing. He, uh, like uh, 702, also got his start by entering a talent contest. Uh-huh. So in 95, he was only 14, he entered Def Jam Records while holding a talent contest across the nation looking for brand new artists. To exploit. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yes. Especially Russell Simmons. Ugh, yuck. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he, uh, the winner was promised to be signed to the label. He oh. won. But Def Jam didn't sign him. 
Really? No. So he did his own thing? Well, he, he got signed to a label called Kedar Entertainment. He was their first ever signing and yeah. their second ever signing was Erica Badu. Whoa. So, so they, they had good taste. Yeah, they had very good taste. Uh, yeah, so he was like a – the reason Def Jam said they didn't sign him was because he was too young. They said, we're okay. not looking to pl- work with kids. We wanted like okay. adult artists. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got like – he's got good flow. Yeah, well, apparently his mum uh, was uh, really into hip hop, and when he was three, would get him to get up and perform in front of her friends and like Aww. rap over DMX songs and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's a show. It's not about talent, isn't it? It's just about your connections, and he just didn't didn't have those those connections that he needed. No, yeah. So his so he this is a standalone single. It's not on his album. Oh, he, his first yeah. album was released in '96 called Latchkey Kid. Have you heard that okay. phrase before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you a latchkey? Because when I was 14, my parents worked full-time, multiple jobs, and we were just yeah in the house on our own from 3 o'clock to 6, 6.30 with the time my parents well, got home. Well, you didn't even think about it. Like, no. That was just what it was. You just get home and make yourself food and it was, be home. I, I remember yeah. loving it. Just going, oh, this is the, I've got three hours of just totally putting, putting off doing my homework. Yeah, cold Milo. Cheese uh, on toast. I'd also would do two minute noodles or mm. um, popcorn. That was our big big three. Would yeah, the best. Yeah, she resent. I resented when I, my mum's car would pull into the driveway. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got all that coming to him. My kid's twelve. He stays on his own. On too. Did you snoop in your parents' like wardrobes as well? Uh, snoop, not really. My mum didn't have much to snoop through. Yeah, we always did. It was never. I don't know what I wanted to find either. I don't know what I was looking for. Proof of adoption or something. (laughs) Porn. Porn. Um, Yeah. Not that I wanted to watch it with my brothers in the house, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I remember finding actually. I remember finding my mum's vibrator, and there was an affirmation. She'd like written an affirmation on a on a piece of cardboard. You know, I forget what yeah. it said. She was really into that, like really into hippy dippy stuff, and yeah. there was affirmations everywhere. And I just thought it was quite funny that there was this affirmation in this box with a vibrator. Uh, yeah, so A plus, kind of not in the music industry, but kind of did. He he had a uh, twenty anniversary for this album, um, not this album, but Hempstead High, which was his second album, and uh, he had uh, people perform and they gave away a bunch of like school supplies to kids in the neighbourhood. Okay, cool. So he's like a working musician. Yeah, I think so. I don't know what he's doing though, but he seemed like, I read an interview with him and he seemed like he was pretty switched on. It was like, yeah, yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah, it's cool. He's probably happy. I hope so. That's all I hope. He also could be not successful and unhappy, but yeah, it's not fun to think about. All right. (laughs) Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back. All right. Now, this one confused me, okay? Because on the back of the label, on the back of the CD, it said Melanie G. And so I tried to find Melanie G. Could not find Melanie G. Because that is Mel B performing under a different name. This is Scary Spice Herself. Oh, God. Why did you do that? I'll tell you later. But this is a cover of the cameo song. (laughs) This is Melanie G. And word up. Come on, baby. 
What do you think? You know, I just don't know how someone at any point could see the lyrics, put your hands in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> and well, and and be like, yep, that's what we're gonna do. Like that's the lyric we're gonna go for. Well, when it was it's, just, it's been said so many times. Exactly. So the original by Cameo back in the eighties, yes, sure. But by nineteen ninety nine I agree. Yeah. It's you go. Oh, should we change it or do we stay true? I guess enough people knew knew it was a cover, but yeah. So this was used in the film. I mean, but it, I don't even think it. But it doesn't sound enough like a cover. Does, well, do you would you have picked that if you hadn't? If you didn't know? Yeah, but I, I knew the original, so I, that's the thing. Yeah, if you know the the source material, because she doesn't stray too far from it. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this was. Made for the film Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh. Yep. I don't, I don't, what, what part of the film was it in? I don't know. We'll have to ask Cam or Alexi. They'll, they'll know. <laughs> they'll be able to pinpoint exactly to the second. That's uh, true. It was released as a single. It was the lowest charting Spice Girls or Spice Girls affiliated song oh. of the 90s. Only got to 14 in the UK charts, which is still not bad. Yeah. Uh, even, doing a cover insulates yourself from the. Yeah. You know, like you can you can be like, well, it wasn't my song, or like it wasn't like a real risk; it was just a cover. Yeah, even though the film <laughs> is the most successful of the franchise. Wow. Yeah, uh, the most successful song from the film was Madonna's "Beautiful Stranger." That won the Grammy oh, in yeah. two thousand for one. best song written no, for a motion picture. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. So this was the second single from the yeah. from the uh, from the soundtrack. So this was included on her first solo album called Hot, which was not a success. Okay. It was it was released one month before the third Spice Girls album, Forever, and in its first week of sales. So the debut Spice Girls album in its first week sold 2 million copies in the UK. Mel B's first week of sales for her solo album, 7,500 copies. Oh, no. That's almost a two million copy difference. Fuck. It would be that it's, would be heartbreaking. I know. I um, mean, did any of them? A couple of them had a few good singles, I guess. You had your Mel Mel C. Mel C. Jerry Halliwell, which we've established on the show already. She she yes. left early. She was smart. She got out early. Went. Oh, I'm going to try and establish myself as a solo artist. And yeah. take the songwriting team that made the Spice Girls as big as it was with me. Yeah. Um, but then the Spice Girls uh, got new writers and everyone. And then a month later, Forever came out and it didn't even hit the number one spot in the UK. It sold well. It sold yeah. like 270,000 copies. Yeah. But that's not 2 million. No. The reason she was Mel G at this stage is she got, she got recently got married 
to a man okay. called Jimmy Golza. Now, Jimmy was a backup dancer on the Spice World Tour. That's where they met. And she also had a baby with him early in 99, okay? Whoa. Their marriage only lasted one year. And Golza was prosecuted for threatening Mel and her sister Danielle. Uh, and even though he was found guilty, Mel B still had to pay him £1.25 million in a divorce settlement. Oh my God. Jimmy Golza. He's such a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't well, she, doesn't she do the voice or something here or Australia's got... Yeah, I think she does the voice here and in the UK. I'm not sure if she's still on the voice, but she kind of, I think in 2007 had come out and said that she's got no money left from any Spice Girls stuff. Really? Yeah, she earned £50 million from that and she had nothing left for oh, it. Oh, that happen? How uh, apparently she, she, the guy after Jimmy Golzer uh, she married was, they, lo- they love spending. They love spending money. Oh man! Um, so Jimmy, Jimmy was a bad. Jimmy started off as a backup dancer, and then he's beating up Mel B. Threatening. Thre- didn't say. Didn't say. But th- was threatening. God, is what, he would have been but, a, a inspiration to backup dancers all over the world. Well, there's Britney Spears. Is, uh, what, that's right, Kevin Federline. Kevin Federline. That's right. Yeah. Oh, they got done so hard. There's like a generation of women that like the backup dancers. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think Madonna was dating a backup dancer as well for a, a while. Totally. I mean, I, I, I get it. You're on I tour. Like, yeah, you're on tour and, like, they're hot and you would you, you kind of see them as lower status than you. So you, like, I don't know, they start in this weak position and then before you know it, they're, like, they're in charge or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you'd be like, oh, poor guy, like. <laughs> he's just a backup dancer. Like I'm going to give him everything, and then he's, I don't know. But yeah, whoa. Well, Mel B also has now, a child with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that's awesome. And there was rumors that uh, she did it because she had no money, and she's like, "This is," but then she's denied that vehemently. She said, "How that's so disrespectful to say that." But he he didn't believe it was his. They had to have a paternity test. Whoa, and Ben, it is. Yeah, it is. Yep. And she said they get on really well now. They had they were in love for a while. They broke up. She got pregnant. Uh, he denied it was his. And because they've got a child together, they're in each other's lives. And she's like, we get on better now than we ever have. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. She's happy. She did Weight Watchers, didn't she? And a Weight Watchers ad? Yeah, she did. But she did it pretty much as soon as she, after she'd given birth. It was a bit misleading. The yeah. timelines don't really add up. It's like, yeah, you've got to have a bit more weight on you because you just, like, been home for a child like yeah for totally man she's such a hustler like the spice girls thing like she's always like she's just up any opportunity it's kind of awesome um and the cover of hot can i say she's never looked better it's an amazing cover there you go all right okay moving on moving on okay this is where it starts to get a bit more uh can i say triple j-e all right we've gone through our uh R&B phase. Now we're going into a group who haven't been on the show before. This is the Chemical Brothers and their song, Hey Boy, Hey Girl. Hey girls, hey boys, superstar DJs.
So this one, Manchester duo, their names are Tom Rollins, Ed Simons. This song is from their third album called Surrender. It was a really big album in 99. I remember it, me being an indie kid into guitar music. This was kind of a way into dance music. Beastie Boys Light. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this was, uh, because guitar music in 99 was either the kind of new metal bros or boring kind of. Or Eddie, it was it was kind of like they they all sang like "You're all gonna fly where." Yeah, <laughs> or or kind of like Radiohead light. Like, is it only if Radiohead stopped making albums at the bends and it was kind of yeah. that was the kind of what guitars were doing? It wasn't very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, was the first single from Surrender. The album Surrender was great. It had like uh, Hope Sandoval from Mazzy Star on it, Noel Gallagher. The Ooh. guy from Mercury Rev, who was very, they were a very cool band at the time. Uh, Bernard Summer of New Order, who we're going to talk about very soon. And Bobby Gillespie of Primal uh-huh. Scream. Uh, this is apparently one of their most known songs. I looked at, uh, this is the third most played song of theirs on Spotify. Whoa. I'm going to look at that album. I reckon it'd be cool. It's a good album. That and the yeah. album before it is uh, is great. Um, yeah. They, were, they won the Grammy in 97 for their song Block Rock and Beats in the category Best Rock Instrumental, even though it's not a rock song and it's not an instrumental. They're singing in it. Right. Or there's vocals, I should say, not singing. But, yeah. yeah. It's just that thing of, like, okay. the, the Grammys have no idea what they're fucking doing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is according to the band themselves. So Tom Rollins is the more musical one and Ed just knows mm-hmm. what's going to work with crowds and he's a bit cooler. Okay. And so That's he said it, if like it was up to Tom... Yeah, Tom Tom would just make music that only musicians like and Ed will say, yeah. that's too long, shorten it up, let's get to the hook. Yeah, that's yeah. Per- that's what you need. Have you worked in a duo before? Um, oh, Cam and I sort of, I would cl- classify us as a duo. What's the, what's the like, dynamics between the two of you? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say it fits into this dynamic. <laughs> Um, I reckon we just, I mean, we just make, we just try and have fun and then we'll hope that people will find it, you know, entertaining or whatever. It's certainly not like, I don't think we're a duo that's like driven from, to make like mass, mass successful stuff. Yeah. When I was in a duo, I was with someone who I looked up to a lot. And so I was always trying to impress them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think me and Cam bring out the best in each other, at least yeah. what we think is the best in each other. So that's so it's just fun. Yeah. Um, so you looked up to him. I, very much so, yeah. I thought he was I thought his ideas were better, but then yeah. I probably should have believed in mine a bit more and went, actually no, this is this was yeah. working. Like, did yeah. that mean that you weren't like did it push you to be better? I, try, I think or, so. Or it stifled you. Sounds like it stifled you a bit. It pushed me in when I was on my own writing. And then yeah. if we were together, I would crumble, <laughs> fall, fall back a bit and just go with what he said. Okay. Like I didn't like fight for stuff or if I didn't think yeah. it was that great idea, not fight against it and go, okay, yeah, cool. If that's what you think, you, you, you're you funnier. Yeah. Do you think he knew that you, you felt that way? No, which is probably why we didn't do more than just one show together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, he's listening now. He'll be happy he's not listening uh so uh <laughs> hey this band in 2015 they headlined glastonbury but only one of them did tom did ed didn't want to do it 
because he was at uni and he had, he had assignments and was like, I, I can't do both. I've got to do my assignments. What? Yeah. And so he went on, to, the, the band went on tour and he didn't, he just stayed there. But he said they had other people on tour with them. Like, yeah. But he said he followed the Facebook page and would see the Chemical Brothers touring. He's like, oh, I didn't know we were going there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yep. All right. Hey, this is uh, a cover of New Order. This is a band, very hard to Google, especially when kids are in the house. This is Orgy and their song, Blue Monday. Here we go. like it would have been playing in like an episode of the secret life of us where things yeah. are kind of <laughs> falling apart and <laughs> I think it was played like either like a charmed or one of those yeah. shows yeah yes, that's such a sound yeah so this is their american band they were signed to uh, Jonathan Davies of Corn's label called Elementary Records because mm-hmm. he and the band's bassist Ryan Chuck were in a band together once called Sex Art okay this is from their 98 album called Candy Ass. And this was the big hit from the album. Uh, it got them on the Family Values Tour with Corn, Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube and Incubus. Remember Incubus? I do. Yeah. It also got to 86 on the Hottest 100 of 99. Uh-huh. And it's... it's Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, but it's not as good as the original. So no. I'm, I'm going to talk about the original because that's okay. such a classic. So... Original yeah. re- released by Factory Records. Have you seen 24-Hour Party People, the Factory Records? I uh, have, yeah. great. Uh, anyone who's seen that would know that this uh, is great, yeah. this 12-inch single lost money, lost 5p for every copy it sold because it cost so much to make. Um, but Factory were like, oh, that's all right. Uh, so the cover looks like a, a floppy disk. It has <laughs> no writing on it, no text, nothing. And the only way you could tell what it was was on the spine it said FAC or FAC 73, and that's it. And I think that that was part of the appeal. So for those who don't know, New Order are the remaining members of Joy Division, who split up after Ian Curtis took his own life in 1980. Uh, They said goodbye to that post-punk sound, and they bought sequences, Moog keyboards, and a sampler. And this is how they taught themselves how to use the sampler, Becky, Mm -hmm. by farting into microphones and sampling them into their songs. (laughs) Whoa, they're so crazy. Yeah. Uh, Enemy listed this song as the 21st, not the Orgy one, but the blue, uh, the New Order one, as the 21st most important song of the last 70 years. Wow. 
And in 2022, uh, Rolling Stone uh, put it as the 235th greatest song of all time. Hmm. It's pretty good. Fair effort with all the songs that they've written. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is this is like reeks of that kind of uh, Marilyn Manson. Kind yeah. Of, let's just do a cover from a, from a song from the 80s. I know. It's really corny, isn't it? It is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We've got three songs to go. All right. We'll get out of okay. here soon. All right. This is Placebo and their song, Every You, Every Me. That's all we'll play. Great song. You like that one? Uh, I mean, it's hard to not think of um, it's Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Famous. Now, did you have that soundtrack? I did. Every, everyone had that. Like, every girl I know had that soundtrack. Well, not every girl, but every girl at a certain age, they had that yeah. soundtrack. It was a cool soundtrack. People say it's the best soundtrack. I'm, I'm in the Romeo and Juliet camp saying that oh, yeah. soundtrack's probably the best. But yeah. For you those know who another are... good soundtrack is is Easy Rider. Oh, I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, you should put it on sometime. I thought you were going to say Empire Records, which is like oh, the sound the soundtrack's good, but the movie is absolute dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this uh band, UK Swedish band, Brian Molko is their singer, and can I say, eighteen year old Josh Earl. Mm. Brian Molko's look was very, very influential of me in Launceston in that year. I dyed my hair black. I wore very short little T-shirts. Yeah. I had uh, a wallet chain and I had uh-huh. a studded belt and studded wrist uh, leather wrist guard. Oh, my God. Wrist thing. Were yeah. you seen as like um, the only emo in town or? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I had someone years later say that she said that me and, her and her friend used to follow me around. I didn't know this, but they would follow me around town. Oh, why? Yeah. To see what you're up to. To see what I was doing. What Because the... you seem so dark and disturbed. Yeah, just really? just checking in. No, I think they were just wondering what I was doing. <laughs> um, so this were is you from... kind of were you seen as like the cool scenester guy? Like you knew all the music. Absolutely, my, wow. I based my whole personality on that, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> For... I, mean, I think I kind of knew that, but. It's so cute. It's such a thing. Like, I mean, I, I kind of really sympathise. Like, I think when you're from not from one of the big cities, like if you're like Brisbane or Perth, Tasmania, Tasmania to the biggest extent, I guess. Yeah. You just want to differentiate yourself so much and be like, I'm not like you people. It was being like, <laughs> so in Tassie, I'm from Burnie, which was like the the city that people made fun of in Tassie. Yeah. And then Tassie as a state is like the Mm. it's all that oh i just want to be in the where the big people are that's all it was yeah. i just wanted to always yeah, you're like i'm so far away from la yeah <laughs> looking around going, i just i just want to be doing what the cool people are doing 
I want to, I want to get in there. It was. And how so... would you get your information about bands and stuff? Like, was it online stuff? Or no, like this is this is before. Magazines? This is like, yeah, magazines. I would buy magazines and just read them cover to cover, and buy albums without ever hearing anything. Just going on what the journalists would say about it. Insane. Yeah. Wow. So NME was really big, and there was a there was a writer called Mark Beaumont who I, if he liked it, I would pretty much buy it. Yeah. There was a couple of, like, so there was Mark Beaumont and Stephen Wells. Do you think he actually had good taste or he, you didn't know any better? <laughs> I didn't know any better, yeah. I listen to some of it now, like, and it's that thing of, like, if it was on the cover of NME, I'd go and give it a listen. Yeah. That's how I heard Missy Elliott, which is not my yeah. style of music, but I was really into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what a simple time. So take me back. Uh, so this is their second album. Uh, the first was quite a success in the UK. Uh, got the attention of all the right people. David Bowie was a big fan of the band okay. and got them to perform at his 50th birthday party. And they oh, did. Wow. And in that audience was Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. Lou Reed, Iggy Pop and Robert Smith the Cure. So that would have been pretty oh. cool for the band to go. Although it also would have been them going, oh, we can't have fun yet. We've got to actually go play. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. That's a crazy guest list for them. Yeah. Um, so Brian was, he was like very interesting front person for the time because it was like we'd just come out of Britpop with the Laddie Oasis kind of vibe going into new metal, which was all bros. And yeah. Brian and Fred Durst had like an open feud. They would like Fred Durst at, at gigs where Placebo were on the lineup would get the audience to chant fuck Placebo. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think they had a fight backstage. Uh, apparently, Brian Molko said that if he knew Limp Biscuit were on the lineup, he wouldn't have said yes to the gig. And Fred um, Durst heard it and was like, nah, fuck this guy. Whoa. I don't know him. Yeah. Just because he thought they were like tacky or something and placebo were cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also, I think any, like a lot of people have had issues with Brian. I think he's quite a hard person to work with as well. So okay. the producer of this album, Steve Osborne, uh, by the end of the album, they weren't talking. The band and him weren't talking at all. Oh, my God. Uh, lots of people have left the band. Uh, but, yeah. But the song was huge. And it got to 46 on the charts here and number five on the Triple J Hottest 100 that year. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Right. Yeah, it's a great song. All right. Let's move on. This song by Citizen King called... Better days. Here we go. In my shoes, my toes are busted. My kitchen says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the dollar store. One foot in the hole, one foot getting people with a broken mirror and a blown out speaker. And I ain't got much else to lose I'm faded, flat busted, been jaded, I've been dusted I know that I've seen better days One foot in the hole, one foot getting deeper Crank it to 11, blow another speaker and I ain't got, I ain't got much to lose Better 
we'll stop it there. There you go. I was such a sucker for this type of music. Like I loved like Uncle Cracker. Sugar Ray? Sugar Ray. Yeah. Was he, what was the one that was every morning there's a halo? That's Sugar Ray. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It's so bad. It's like. Well, and I, this, Australian hip hop was really influenced by this kind of stuff because Australian hip hop for so long was all like, yeah, drinking, drinking with the boys down the beach, summer days, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Totally. Uh, so these guys are from Milwaukee. They were kind of discovered by uh, Speech from Arrested Development. Uh, okay. He produced several songs on their debut album, and I should say only album. Yeah. Uh, and this song was given a huge push in the States, got to 25 in the charts there because it was used in the pilot episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Right. And as, was... as opposed to what, as, as the intro song? No, at the no, no, no. end credits. Okay, I've been re-watching Malcolm in the Middle. It's a, such a good show. It's really good, isn't it? It's crazy. Like, it's shot like prestige TV. I was looking for something. This was, like, back in lockdown. I tried to get my kids in, like, was have a show we were watch together that we'd actually like, and so we I chose Malcolm in the Middle, and they were like, no, 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 it's old, and then they watched it, and they like, actually, it's really funny. Oh, I'll, just, like, when you look back at stuff, and, like, I remember, like, liking Malcolm in the Middle, but I, I was thinking, oh, but I probably liked everything. Like, you know, I liked King of Queens. I liked every single fucking sitcom that was put in front of me. But I was like, but I really did like it. And then, yeah, re-watching it, I was like, this is awesome. Like really good. Like, you know, it's cool to see a family that's like not doing super well. I don't know. Like it's just, it's funny and it's shot really well and it's meaningful. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. I, I urge people to rewatch it if they can, if they want to. <laughs> I really like. So in 2016, um, Brian Cranston said he wants to he wanted to do a reunion of it. Whoa! And, and then two years ago on Steve-O's podcast, Frankie Muniz said yeah. that Brian Cranston's actually writing a movie script for it, and the entire cast is ready to return except for one. One person's holding out, and so <laughs> he wouldn't Dewey? say. I think I reckon it would be Dewey. Really? Just on based on vibe. Who who else? Like it wouldn't be like Lois's. Um, wouldn't be her. You don't, wouldn't you don't be reckon? wouldn't be the guy who was Lois's uh, boss. Oh, wasn't actually wasn't the older brother found like he got me too or something? Oh, possibly. It the old, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, they can just write him. I out. mean, just I, say, I should just say he, he had to go to war, so <laughs> he was in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's in the Army well, Academy. Well, Brian a pretty amazing guy. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to see a project of his that, like, is purely from his brain. Yeah. So he just, he picks, he's got good taste. He's quite quirky. Yes. And like also him. being lucky. I haven't seen the new one where he kind of wins the lot or wins the scratchy, whatever it is. But, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that either. I think it's on stand or something like that. I don't have that. Oh, cool. Anyway, Better Days by Citizen King. Thanks, guys. I mean, it's a change. I should say one of the members, Dave Cooley, he's very successful as a producer and uh, remasterer or masterer. Uh, So he's done Polyphonic Spree albums, Silver Suns pickups, M83's uh, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, Tame Impala, he masters their albums. Mm -hmm. And um, he also remastered Rodriguez's songs for the soundtrack for Searching for Sugar Man. That's That's cool. It's good. Yeah, good career. What a great career. All right. Our final song. We finally did it. This could be the longest episode yet. All right. This is. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. It's, it's all the songs. This is the band who I said I was trying to impress my older friends by saying I didn't like them, but 
deep down, I did like them. This is Blink-182 and their song, What's My Age Again? Friday night, I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out, and she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV, and that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23, and I saw more of these my TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Oh, you must have had one heck of a time trying to convince him you didn't like that. Like <laughs> trying to not to not bob along to that. It's a torture. It, it's such a good. It's so dumb and fun. I really like it. Yes, I thought um, that was fucking cool. Yeah, like that well, was the height of cool. You know, wow. I had I had a. I've told this on the show before that I I went in to buy pavement single shady lane or if they had pavement and the guy's like no you want blink one two that's all the kids your age are coming to get i'm like no no this is i want this one and that was for the song damn it they played damn it and i had the single for damn it and then when this came out in 99 off the album enema of the state and my friends were like i was 17 18 and my friends were like 22 23 and they're like nah nah that's Um, not it what about no effects and stuff well, they, it's funny. They liked uh, The Descendants. Okay. But that was like, or they liked, they, they were big fans of Fugazi and Minor Threat and those kind of punk bands. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this is just a shittier version of that. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know the original yeah. that. This is for me, like my, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this I song. Know. You're like, this is made for me. Yeah, this is my song. This got to this 13 and a half that I can understand. First song, Travis Barker had uh, played on drums. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the original title of this song was not What's My Age Again. It was Peter Pan Complex. But their label said oh. that, that that title is too obscure a reference for your dumb fuck fans. Well, they didn't say <laughs> like that, but that, they said people aren't going to yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's true. Apparently this song started because Mark Hoppus was trying to figure out how to play a Green Day song. Uh, also, Peter Pan Complex also is like the new expression for being a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Me and Cam have always said it's so funny how, like, with Michael Jackson, they're like, he's just a Peter Pan. Yeah. It's like, we've never said that about anyone else before. I, I also <laughs> like how far we've gone in, like, 24 years that, like, 23 people are like, going, oh, you need to grow up at 23. I was like, no, you don't. I know. <laughs> I know. But that's how you feel, like. I know. When you, you're like, oh, I'm turning 23. I remember once when I was 25 at a house party and someone there was like 19, 20. And when I said my age, I'm like, you're 25. Oh my, what are you doing here? And yeah. it was a real like, yeah, I'm a loser. I've got to go. Yeah, I know. Um, So the film clip to this, do you remember the film clip? I do. Yep. They're running around naked. Yeah. Apparently it took 15 hours to film it all. Why? They just had to do heaps of cuts and kind of stop and start, stop and start. And the band hated it. They were like, oh, this is really fun for the first three minutes. And now we're in the LA streets naked, having cars just drive past and honk their horns and give us the (laughs) finger. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, they don't like it because at the time people kind of put them as a novelty act because of the film clip. And Uh, Yeah. Okay. And they were like trying to say, no, we're serious musicians with our album called Enema of the State. Um, Yeah. 
But I mean, like, a hit's a hit. They had so many good songs. Yeah, they really do. I mean, like, I only through this have, have I gone back on and listened to them again yeah. because cause I kind of missed them the first time trying to be cool. Yeah. But I'm like, it's I mean, Adam's, really song, Adam's song inspired a whole generation of men to commit suicide. <laughs> And this would be so sick if everyone's like listening to this thinking about me. <laughs> That'd be so sick. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is that is the end, Becky. So what we wow. do now is we go through fun. and you tell me how many of these are hits. So we're going to okay. start all the way at the top with Paula Cole and I Don't Want to Wait. Yes, I think that's a hit. Great. Okay. 98 Degrees, The Hardest Thing. Uh, no. The Mistress Song. No, not a hit. No, not at all. Bad Girl by Monifa. Nah, sorry, Manifa. Where's my girl at? Or where's my girls at? Seven oh two. No, not in my not in my world. A plus featuring Joe. Bet she don't love you. Nah, sorry, mate. Didn't Mel G, it. word up. Hell no, word down. <laughs> <laughs> Chemical Brothers. Hey boy. Hey girl. I just it wasn't a hit for me. Is this what it is? It's just yeah, just for you. Thrown. Just for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it wasn't a hit for me. All no. right. But We've, love them. Great guys. Yep. Orgy, Blue Monday. No. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Can you remind me of that one? No, uh, I mean, if I don't have no, to. No. No. Not a hit. No. Placebo, Every You, Every Me. Yes, that's a hit. Citizen King, Better Days. The yes. Malcolm in the Middle song. <laughs> that's a hit. And finally, What's My Age Again, Blink My Eight Two. That's a hit. We've got four out of 11. So that's <laughs> like... F- 37 percent i think yeah that's not too i mean bad. that's that's just like how my taste was just not varied i guess at that that time in my life can, can i say b i reckon i reckon you're spot on there mm. i would say compared to other episodes okay. the lows were not as low though oh okay why well, do you f- reckon they were just bigger more obvious hits yeah and, and some of them some of the compilations we have some real big stinkers on okay this one i don't think had any real big stinkers no, like no, I agree. And I also think the songs that I didn't know were hits obviously are like, you know, some of the great songs. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, a music fan would, would think they're a hit. It's just they were not in my periphery. I was not humming them as I walked to school. All good. Hey, thank you for doing this, Becky. No worries. It was fun to uh, it was fun to to talk about all that stuff. It's uh, crazy. It's Jeff- it's, it's my brain is alighting with different memories. Do you have anything to plug? You got some pods? I have a pod with Cameron James called, fuck, what's it called now? I think it's just the Becky and Hotline? Cam. I don't think it's the hotline. It might just be called Becky and Cam podcast. Cool. We do it with our friend Dixie now, who's yep. a very good musician himself. Yep. Um, is that Joyride? I've got a show in Brisbane on, on the 27th that it'd be called. It's just like a... Um, trial showy type thing, but it'll be a fun night. If it's you're in the, Brisbane, yeah. is that if you're where, in Brisbane. whereabouts? Good chat. It's, it's in, no, it's actually at the powerhouse. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's not a trial show. It's just I'm just doing that show before I film it the next night. So it'll be fun and a bit more loose, I would say. A bit, a bit silly. Nice, um, nice. It'd be great to pack that out with people who like me. Uh, yeah, but that's great. probably it. Hey, thanks everyone for being Patreon subscribers. You're the absolute best. Uh, This week's episode we did with Sam Peterson talking about 
Hit Machine seven, no, Hit Machine nineteen, I think it was, and uh, I've got another one coming up this Sunday. So go to Patreon.com/slash/dykwia. It's all in the show notes, and you'll get a bonus episode every single week. Thanks, Becky. Thanks. I'll see you Josh. next time. Nice to catch up. <laughs> you too. Bye.